Amen. I always know when revival, amen, is about to break out, the devil starts sticking his head up. Praise God. Amen. But you know what? Amen. The devil never has the victory. I said the devil never has the victory. Amen. The truth is not in him. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Well, praise God. Praise God. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body, bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Praise God. Amen. Let's ask God to help us tonight. God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for your people, God, that stand here before you. God, I'm asking you tonight for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to touch us. God, to touch my body and my mind, oh God. God, I thank you for the strength, God, of the Holy Ghost. Oh God, I thank you tonight for those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Are you hungry and thirsty after righteousness tonight? God, I've got to have another touch from heaven. I've got to have that renewing. Oh, God, I've got to have your word deep down into my spirit, oh, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. seated. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm just going to teach for a while tonight. Amen. After I get done teaching, if you want the Holy Ghost, you can have the Holy Ghost. Amen. We'll pray you through to the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. It's not hard to get the Holy Ghost. Praise God. You got to repent of your sins. You got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And Acts 2.38 says, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. How many is thankful for the Holy Ghost here tonight? Amen. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. Amen. I never want to take advantage of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's not in my notes here tonight. Amen. But I know that God has a people who are serious about living for him. Amen. And uh, everyone that nameth the name of Christ, the Word of God says, let them depart from iniquity. Amen. I need the Holy Ghost living in my life. Praise God. Amen. Amen. If you're sinning, be sure your sins will find you out. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. That he reveals all things. Praise God. Amen. If that killed the Holy Ghost, then you need to pray through. Amen, amen. Right, we're going to talk about spiritual excellence tonight. We're not striving, amen, to be better than someone else in our walk with God. We're not striving to uh, big I, to be big I and little you, amen. But in everybody's walk with God, you should strive, amen, to have a very close, good, excellent walk with God. Amen. Character traits, amen, that uh, are produced, uh, that produce excellence. The first one is commitment. Amen. Commitment is something that in this world is very uh, uh, elusive. Uh, it's, it's hardly ever heard of anymore. Amen. Commitment is the first thing that I think about is marriage. Amen. Is that when you get married, amen. It's for life, amen, and I'm committed to my wife. 
Praise God. Thank God for all those husbands that said amen. Amen. Thank God for commitment in marriage. But commitment is an agreement. Commitment is a promise. It's a pledge to do or to give. Commitment is a promise to be loyal to someone or something. Commitment is the attitude of someone who works very hard to do or support something. Amen. I'm, I'm giving you the, uh, the, the definition of commitment. Amen. That when you are fully committed to God and you're committed in your walk with God, these will be the attributes of your walk with God. If you sit here tonight and your mind is already on tomorrow and you're thinking of the things of, of, of even next week, I don't know where your mind is at, amen, then your commitment needs to be worked on. Amen. I said your commitment needs to be worked on. Amen. When you're committed to God, when I come into the house of the Lord, I'm coming to be fed by the word of God. Amen. I'm coming to be renewed by the Holy Ghost. I've come to worship God with all my heart, all my soul, and all my strength. I'm not interested, amen, in anything else but the present moment. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Oh, you ought to really thank Him for the Holy Ghost right now. Praise God. Amen. Commitment is the attitude of someone who works very hard to do something or to support something. Amen. You see uh, many times in business that there are, uh, and the thing that comes to mind is the family farm. How many has ever seen farmers out here outside of town? And uh, these farmers, brother, it feels like I'm, I need some more monitor. I, I, I'm struggling here tonight. Amen. And these, uh, these farmers, uh, uh, many of them are multi-generational farmers. They are farmers who have uh, farmed the same land for many years, even a hundred years. Uh, and uh, the, the thing that's happening with the family farm now is the uh, corporate farm world is coming in and buying up all the land and they are becoming so large uh, that the small farmer cannot compete uh, and they're going out of business. But uh, the, the point that I want to show you on these family farms, a lot of times there's those farms that go out of business is because someone throws in the towel and sells the farm. Amen. They say the first generation, amen, is the one that cares about it. The second generation is the one that benefits from the first generation. And many times by the third generation, the third generation has forgotten the toil and the sweat and the labor of the family farm. I want to I wanna tell you tonight uh, that everybody in this house has got to have a first generation experience with God. This isn't something that I can just come to church uh, and ride to heaven on my mom's uh, skirt tail. Hey man, oh, there'll be a day when my mom's not here anymore. What will I do then? I've got to have that first generation experience with God. Hey God, you have brought me so far from a long way that I'm thankful for it, God. A man once said that the quality of a person's life is in direct proportion to their commitment to excellence regardless of their chosen field of endeavor. That this is not something that we can just do today and shun tomorrow, but there has to be a commitment. Discipline, real commitment brings discipline to your life. I said real commitment brings discipline to your life. What is discipline? The root word of discipline is disciple. Amen. That I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, somebody. 
Amen. Discipline produces structure. Structure produces consistency and stability. If I stop and talk about these, we're going to be here a long time tonight. But I went fishing with a man. Uh, many of you know Brother Rowley. How many knows Brother Rowley? Amen. Brother Rowley can catch a fish uh, when nobody else can. He takes a rock and he throws it. He says, I say, how do you know when to go fishing, Brother Rowley? He says, well, Brother Character, you take a rock and you throw it out the back door of your house. And he said, if the rock hits the ground and it doesn't blow away, it's a good day to go fishing. <laughs> Can I hear an amen? Amen. <laughs> He's serious. But every year after Christmas, he goes around, he goes around to all the piles of Christmas trees and he gets his trailer and starts piling the Christmas trees on him. And he takes him out in his boat and he ties concrete to him. And he has his Garmin GPS and he marks the waypoints and he drops those Christmas trees down into the bottom of the sand pit where he fishes. And he's done this for year after year after year. And what has happened is that structure produces consistency and stability. Amen. And that this structure that that man has put down into the water, it gives a place for the fish to hide and to breathe and to raise their young. I, I, I'm here reaching for your soul tonight. Uh, amen. Is that we don't have the opportunity. Uh, amen. We don't have another hundred years. Uh, amen. To try to get this right. We've got to do it right now. Uh, amen. We've got to have it right now in our walk with God. Uh, we've got to say, God, uh, I've got to have that structure and consistency uh, in my walk with God. Luke 21 and 19, determination produces perseverance. What is perseverance? Well, we call it patience. Luke 21, 19, it says, in your patience, everyone say patience, possess ye your souls. I've heard people say, oh, don't pray for patience because it'll bring tribulation. Well, if you want to look for a devil behind every bush, that's okay. Amen. I'm going to pray, amen, that God, you know, and the Word of God tells us that one of the fruits of the Spirit is this word here, perseverance. That we've got to wait on God. Patience is the characteristic of a man who is not swerve from his deliberate purpose and loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and sufferings. The greatest things in life that we can ever experience, amen, will not deter us in living for God. Well, I guess I'll let that sink in for a minute. Amen. The Bible tells us in this life, you will have tribulation. There's going to come things that you're going to deal with in life that uh, uh, are very strenuous and stressful. Praise God. Well, I guess I'll just take my time. We may not get through this whole Bible study tonight. The, the dedication that we put towards something. Excuse me. The patience, patience is the temper which does not easily succumb under suffering. In your walk with God, you're going to go through tests and trials. That the trial of your faith, how many knows you're going to have a trial of your faith? If you don't know it, let me let your pastor tell you tonight that there's going to come a trial of your faith that the devil will do his best to destroy your soul. And what you have to do is you've got to double down in your walk with God and say, I've got the Holy Ghost. God's 
filled me with his spirit. God delivered me from the world and I refuse to go back to the beggarly elements of sin and perversion. Amen. I'm living for God and if it takes a lifetime, that's what I'm going to do. You know how long it takes to live for God? Your whole life. I said your whole life. I don't live for God for five years, ten years. When I sold out, it was for life. When I signed up, it was for life. I'm not given two years, three years, and try to decide if I like it. Amen. When I signed up, amen, it's for the rest of my life. Amen. There's no discharge in this war. You're going to fight the battle either with God on your side or the devil on your side. Take your pick. Man, I'd much rather have God on my side. Who's helping that guy? Well, I can tell you, God's on his side because there's things that happen, amen, that I, I, there's no way that he could have done by himself. Amen. The, the things that are happening in his life, uh, amen, it's because God has delivered him. God has brought him through. God has done the work. And I know that God is on my side. Well, praise God. Now, Everyone say consecration. So I want to back up to dedication first. Dedication demands that we put God first in our life and that we give God our, everyone say our best. I've been reading in the Old Testament. I'm trying to read my Bible through again. And, uh, you say, well, that's no problem. That's true if you read it every day. Praise God. If you let it pile up on you, it'll it'll get a little more difficult. But in in some of the some of the readings I've been reading in Leviticus, Amen. It's it tells Amen the Levitical priesthood that when people bring their offering to God, they're not to bring God. The second best. They're not to bring God a, a sacrifice that has a scab on it. They're not to bring, and their sacrifice was an animal. But bring God your best. How do we give God our best? We give him our first fruits. Amen. When we're young, remember your creator in the days of your, that doesn't say your aged years. It says your youth. Amen. And so if you're young in here, how many is young? Praise God. Amen. My hand was up first. Hallelujah. Amen. And so I'm going to serve God in my youth. Oh, I, I know my limitations. I know I'm I, I know I'm bumping up against the big 5-0, but you know what? I'm serving God in my youth. Well, hallelujah, I'm giving God my best. I'm going to give him my whole life, and I'm giving him my best years. I'm not going to give God what's left over. I'm going to give God my best. Said don't bring something that's ring straight. Don't bring something that's weird looking. Bring your best. Praise God. Well, let's move on. So, everyone say consecration. These are some of the characteristics, amen, that brings, uh, amen, I said that brings uh, great, amen, living for God. Hallelujah. Amen. Consecration is to consecrate, amen, or to declare or set apart as sacred. Amen. To take something and declare that this is set apart. This is God. To consecrate is to make a solemn dedication to a service. Listen to this. To a service or goal. We need to set goals in our walk with God. 
To consecrate is the act of setting aside anything or person to worship, to the worship and service of God. Amen. When we bring our children up here and we dedicate them to God. And then it just doesn't stop there, but it's all through. Hallelujah. Romans 12, consecration is the result of a relationship with God. Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Consecration is a result of a hunger for God. Hunger for God. Hey, if you're not hungry for the things of God, you need to get a hunger for the things of God instead of the things of this world. Yeah, there's pleasure in sin for a little while. The wages of sin is what? Death. There's no possible way that I would want to go to hell. You say, well, hell don't scare me. Go stick your hand in the fire. And that's just a little taste of what hell's going to be like. But Jesus said, where the skin worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Boy, it's sounding better already. Hallelujah. Consecration is a result of having a desire to please God. I was reading earlier in the year about Jacob and Esau. How many knows who Jacob and Esau are? Jacob went and did, they sent Jacob to his uncle's house. And he married Leah and Rachel and Billa and we'll just call her Drusilla for now. That wasn't her name. I can't remember her name. <laughs> but the word of God tells us that Esau, how many remembers Esau? He despised his birthright. And the word of God tells us that he went and did exactly the opposite of what his mother and father told him to do. Just to spite mom and dad. I don't have a desire to show spite to the things of God. I want the things of God dear to my life. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Consecration is only achieved by the absolute submission of our will to the will of God. Absolute submission. Before you can submit your will, you must crucify your will. You say, well, what's that? It means you've got to die out. You've got to take yourself and say, okay, God, I'm not interested in anything else. You can get on the phone and you can text somebody. You can tell them how bad your life is. But why don't you surrender your life to Jesus Christ and let him make your life good? Well, praise God. You can't walk with God if you're not submitted to God. If you're having trouble in your walk with God, it's because you're not submitted completely to God. You can't finish your Christian race without consecration. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. 
Paul compares the Christian life to a race. And we are exhorted to run the Christian race in such a way that we may obtain the prize. We are required to run in the prescribed course. If you've ever went over here to the track to walk, how many has ever been over here to the track? Maybe you go over there and run. I, I, I'm not a runner, never have, have had a desire to run. I'm not built for running. And, uh, but there's guys, they line up on that track. And, and, and if you look at that track, it, it's, it's kind of a cool thing. They're starting lines. And sometimes they race, they, they run races to where they start all in one line and everybody lines up. But then there's those races where it's the however many meters, it's all many, 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 many times around that track. And they line up staggered because the guy on the inside, he has less distance to go than the guy on the and so they got all these guys staggered. And they say that running that race is the toughest race because you don't start out together. Everybody's staggered in line. And when they take off from that race, they say that the race really is the person against themselves to have their mind in such a form that they can pace themselves and not burn themselves out in just the first lap or two laps or three laps. But they have got to set a pace that they can finish the race or even to win the race. And so in our walk with God, we, got, we have to understand that everybody in here is going to start at a different point in their walk with God, but every one of us in here are going to obtain the prize if we finish the race. Come on, church, I'm preaching to you right now that if you will just say, okay, God, I'm not doing this against anybody else. I'm not trying to compete against anybody else. This is a race, amen, that I'm going to run with you. You're going to help me in this human race. I'm going to make it all the way to the end of the race. We must run without allowing ourselves to be encumbered by the things of this world. We are to run with all possible haste and with a sense of urgency. We must not allow slothfulness or indifference in our life. Hear this preacher tonight. This is something that we cannot take for granted. We cannot just say, you know something, I'm going to live like the devil today and live for God tomorrow. You can't live for God that way. You've got to sell out. I said you've got to sell out. We must give our best effort to the pursuit of salvation. The prize. What is the prize? Paul said, I press towards the mark. I press towards the mark. For what? The prize. I'm pressing for the prize. I'm, press, I'm looking to Jesus. The prize is heaven. I walked up yesterday. We went to the barbecue joint down there and ate barbecue with a whole bunch of you. Had a great time. Wish everybody could have been there. And I saw this jewelry store. I don't wear jewelry. And uh, what they make people put on their hands and nose and belly buttons and everything else, they're going to pave the streets with it in heaven. And so... Uh, I walked up to that jewelry store, 
And I thought, well, I wonder what they got in the window here. Nothing. And I walked to the next little window. I looked in there. Nothing. I thought, what in the world? So I walked up to the door of the store, and I just started looking inside there. And there was nothing in those glass cases. Then it dawned on me, oh, they're closed. So they got everything put in a vault. Because thieves will break through and steal. Jesus said, amen, to put your prize in heaven. Amen, to lay up for yourselves in heaven where moth and rust and thieves do not break through and steal. I'm here to tell you, church, amen, that we're getting ready to go to the most beautiful place that you've ever seen. Amen, that the devil would like to try to stop the church of the living God. I'm going to heaven. It might be tonight. You better get ready to go. Whatever's holding you back, whatever's stopping you on the race. Every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate. Everyone say temperate. Say, Pastor, what are you doing? How many, how many knows what I'm doing right now? I heard it. You got to have some balance in living for God. You can't ride a bicycle. Oh, it's Brother Swartz and Troopers here tonight. He said he never had a bicycle growing up. He can tell you the rest of that story. Kind of interesting. And so he didn't know how to drive. When he came into the real world, he had to get around. So somebody gave him a bicycle. And he said it was quite interesting learning how to ride the bicycle. And so when Brother Eli, his brother, got here to Hutchinson, Kansas, he told his brother, his brother said, well, I need to go out and find a job. And he said, well, there's a bicycle in the garage. He said, ride that downtown. And he said he was in the kitchen watching out the window. <laughs> when Eli got on the bicycle to try to learn how to ride the bicycle. <laughs> what are you laughing about? That's your uncle. <laughs> no. Brother Swartz and Trooper said it was rather comical watching him learn how to balance that bike. You know what, living for God, you got to learn, you got to get some balance. Don't be overboard here and overboard here. Learn how to live with some balance, some temperance. Have some, have a little bit of patience mixed in with the with the get her done. Well, praise God. So, for those who strive for the mastery, every aspect of their life is controlled by their desire to obtain the mastery. Everyone that enters the contest that is contending with adversaries conducts their life with the victor's crown constantly in mind. When one truly has a goal, that goal, listen to this. When you have a goal in living for God, that goal is in your thoughts every day. How many just heard what your pastor said? How many didn't hear it? Praise God, somebody's honest back there. When you live for God, you have got to have living for God at the forefront. Everything else will come together. But you got to put God right in the middle of it. When one truly desires to reach a goal, they are always pursuing the goal. 
Those who seek earthly achievement make great sacrifices in an effort to obtain a corruptible or perishable crown. How many knows what's going on right now? I've read it in the news. Got all these people. I would never step foot in China unless God told me to go baptize someone there. They'd put, they would probably kill me for what I'm getting ready to say right now if I lived in China. But they have committed more crimes against humanity maybe than any other nation in the world. And so don't be blinded by their lies. Amen. I'm serious about that. But they're over there right now contending for the crowns. And so we have to understand is that they don't decide at 20 years of age that they're going to take up a sport that's in the Olympics. But they start in that sport years and years, most of them as small children learning how to do it, and they become proficient, they become excellent, they become champions at what they're doing. And so as Christians, we are in pursuit of an eternal crown. And how could we as Christians be less committed in the pursuit of the eternal? than they that pursue the temporal and are committed to the pursuit of the temporal. Except and expect to obtain an incorruptible crown. We've got to get more serious about our walk with God than any other thing in this world that we've got to have that time, ability, the opportunity, and we've got to take advantage of all of those things. Luke 13, 24 says, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. Jesus said, For many I say unto you will seek to enter in and shall not be able. That's a sad statement. Many people are going to seek to enter in and shall not be able to. The word strive means to struggle, to endeavor with strenuous zeal to obtain something. Your walk with God, if you don't think you're in a wrestling match with the devil, you need to wake up. I said you need to wake up in living for God and understand that every day, amen, the devil is fighting you and you've got to fight back. You've got to get a zeal about you in living for God that I refuse to give in to the devil. devil comes against my mind, I tell him, get out of here, devil. I start praying. You got to pray. If you wake up at night, pray. You didn't wake up just to get a drink of water. God woke you up to pray. Pray. Get a hold of God. Take time to pray. Give God your first fruits. Excellent idea. That went, no, 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 I'm not done. Don't try to hurry me. I got another hour. <laughs> no, not really. If you're on medicine or got to get up at three o'clock in the morning, I feel sorry for you. Praise God. <laughs> I'm picking on a very few. You've got to understand that the devil is out to stop you in living for God. The Bible says to fight the good fight of what? Faith. The devil tries to destroy your faith. See there? And he always likes to and, and, and the devil, he doesn't care what he uses, what tool he uses against you.
but he'll use everything in his arsenal to try to stop you. He's had a long time to do it. And so you know what we have to do is we got to lean on the Holy Ghost. If somebody is enticing me to sin, I cut that person off. Poop. You have to. It's not because you hate them. It's because you love God and you want to go to heaven. I don't hate anybody. And uh, as, as apostolics, we love. We reach. We pray. But you've got to understand that when, when the devil, the devil will use any aspect of life, any person in life, he'll, he'll use jobs, he'll use school, He'll tempt you and say, oh, come on, uh, you ought to go to this school and, and be a lawyer. Well, first of all, I know a lawyer that lost his soul going to law school. Getting kind of quiet here. You say, oh, that's, that, you no. Know, you have to make the choice between God and school in order to go to that level of education. And so what I'm telling you, young person, saint of God, I don't care who you are, is you've got to have the, the litmus test is, is this separating me? What will separate me from the love of God? What's going to stop me from living for God? What, it, it doesn't matter what it is. Nothing will separate us. You say, are you against lawyers? Oh, no. I'm not against anybody, but I'm just telling you, as apostolics, we have got to understand that the devil will use anything to stop you from getting, getting to God. Amen. I know this kind of preaching isn't real popular, but I'm not interested in popularity. Praise God. What I do is I've told my sons, I've told whole bunches of these young people, when you turn 18 and you graduate, get you a education that'll help you to support a family and make a good wage. And you don't have to go to school and be a professional student for 15 years to do that. If you'll take five years after high school, you can do it. This is what I told Joel. I said, everybody wants to turn the lights on. I said, as a plumber, Brother Elio, everybody wants to flush the toilet. Oh, yeah. Your toilet plugs up. And, hey, I need some help. And everybody wants to stay cool in the summer and warm in the winter. And if you don't like doing those things, Go to, go to college and get a degree that will help you to support your family. Is that, the, is that the cookie cutter way that everybody does it? No, and I understand that. But what we have to do is we got to put God first and say, how is this going to affect my walk with God? Well, hallelujah. Why don't you worship the Lord right now? Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Paul said, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. As Christians in pursuit of the incorruptible crown, we cannot run as uncertainly or ignorantly without an understanding of what is required. We do not run like one ignorant of what he is about or of the laws of the course. We know that there is an eternal life and we know the way that leads to it. Is that right? Amen. So, in the foot course or the races in the Olympics, regardless of how many ran, there's one that obtains the prize. You say, oh, well, there's, there's the gold, the bronze, and the silver, the silver and the bronze. Well, I know that they do the first, second, third, so everybody's a winner. But there's only one person that gets that gold medal. There's one person that goes clear to the top. And 
so what we have to do in living for God, we've got to say, okay, I'm going to obtain the prize. Now, the Word of God tells us that everybody in here, if you run the race, you will obtain the prize. Jesus said, the guy that hired on last is going to get the same wage as the guy that hired on first. Man, if I can remember working at Consolidated, started out at six bucks an hour. And uh, minimum, minimum wage was like four fifty an hour. I thought that was great money. And uh, top wage was, I forget now, 11, 11, 12 bucks an hour. And then I remember at the end, right before they shut the place down, everybody was hiring in at 11 and 12 bucks an hour. And I thought, well, man, they got rich on me that whole year, whole year and a half that I didn't make all that money. And But what you have to understand in living for God is Jesus said, okay, this guy's been serving God for his whole life. This guy just came in out of the world. God delivered him from a life of sin. He's still going to get the same prize. We're going to heaven. Amen. We're going up. Hallelujah. So run the race. Just keep on running. Amen. Don't say, well, I just got into the church. I'm not sure I can make it. No, 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 no. We're just about there. As soon as you get on the racetrack, you're almost a win. Praise God. Hallelujah. A champion does not compete with the slowest or the weakest, but he competes with the fastest and the strongest. Paul said, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Paul stated that he was not just shadow boxing or throwing punches at an imaginary adversary, but he said, I know what my fight is. How many is with your pastor tonight? You better know what you're dealing with in living for God. You better get a grasp on what you're fighting. That you're just not coming to church and fulfilling a time slot of life. But I know that there's no good thing in me that I'm fighting with this old ungodly flesh but I'm going to win I'm going to overcome I know what I'm fighting with come on every one of everybody in here you ought to know what you're fighting with amen and not give in to it but defeat the enemy Paul said I keep under my body and bring it into subjection this is an allusion to both boxers and to wrestlers in the same games. The Greek word translated to keep under means it signifies to hit in the eyes. That I keep under my body. And the Greek word translated bring into subjection signifies to trip and to give the antagonist a fall. He said, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. You know what you got to do with yourself? Is you've got to bring yourself under subjection. You've got to bring your body and your mind and your soul and your spirit into subjection to God. And say, God, I will live for you. Every day you wake up. There's two natures fighting. There's the carnal, and there's the Holy Ghost. Every day you wake up, and whichever man you feed, whichever person you feed, that's the one that's going to win. Am I right? If you take two of these young men and you feed one every day and you starve the other one every day and you put them in the boxing ring, you already know which one's going to win. The weak one will lose. 
And so that's why I'm living for God. You're in a fight spiritually. And you've got to feed the spiritual man. Read your Bible. Pray every day. It's not just a Sunday school song. Amen. It's for real. I've got to pray every day. I've got to read my Bible every day. I've got to stay on fire. I've got to keep this old man knocked down. And so, the last part of this, it says, when I have preached to others that I myself would become disqualified or reprobate or cast out. We are, we are living in a time where there's all kinds of people trying to take shortcuts. I've talked to school teachers who say they don't know how it's done, but students in college, high school, wherever, constantly cheat. And they're taking the shortcut. And then when they get into a real life situation, they're like, oh no, what do I do now? You can't take a shortcut in living for God. I read a story of a man, and maybe in the old days it worked, but on the New York Marathon, this guy showed up at the finish line, way ahead of a whole bunch of people, and they were looking at him like, yeah, right. And so they started looking at the cameras all over New York City. And they had discovered that he tried to take the shortcut. Or he did take the shortcut to try to finish the race. And you know what happened to him? Disqualified. His name's not remembered. The story's remembered, but the name is not remembered. Can I tell you, saint of God, is that when I get to heaven, it's going to be the reason I'm there is because I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. Henceforth is laid up for me a crown of glory that the righteous judge will give me at that day. And yes, we will throw our crowns at his feet. But we're going to receive a crown of glory for finishing the race. I want to ask you tonight. Have you been running the race with patience? And running it with determination? And running it with consecration? Or have you been trying to take the shortcut and living for God? I want you to know that you, amen, can have those things that God has prepared for them that love him. How many love the Lord here tonight? If you love the Lord, won't you stand on your feet and lift your hands to God? Right now, let's lift our voices to God. If you want the Holy Ghost, you can have the Holy Ghost. Come on, come to the organ. Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray right now, church. Oh, there's people that need the Holy Ghost. Oh, in the name of Jesus. God, here I am tonight, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, this altar's open. Oh, come on, let's pray. Go ahead and pray. Let's lift your voice up. God, forgive me of all my sins. I love you, Jesus. Here I am, God. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our voice to him right now. Come on, young person. 
Oh, come on, you better cry out to God. Cry out for mercy. Jesus, I need you. Oh, yes, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's pray right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Come on, let's pray, church. Help me pray. Can you help me pray tonight? Jesus, Jesus. Oh, come on, we're in a spiritual warfare, church. Oh, the name of Jesus. to be renewed. Come on. Holy Ghost is here. Come on, cry out to God. Be right. 